But let me just pray and I want to bring the word with all my heart this morning. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are here. I truly believe you are here. And Lord, our goal, Lord, and I believe we, um, Lord, we got there was to give your name glory this morning in our worship because we, Lord, we know that this is your church, Lord God, and we want you, Holy Spirit, to dwell amongst us, to speak to your people, to remind your people of truths that they might have forgotten or even spark hope and life into people as we focus on you, Lord. And I just pray that you would have your way this morning. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. It's an honour to bring the word to you this morning. And, you know, I'm always so excited and also uh, feel the sense of responsibility to be able to do it. And I want to speak a sermon that I've titled actually King Kingdom Language, Kingdom Language. And uh, what I want to do is I want to explore the topic of language. And I'm not talking about Polish or English, right? Because I can do that. I can do both, which is pretty cool. But I want to talk about language. And what I mean by language is our speech, what comes out of our mouth? What comes out of our mouth? Does what I say actually matter? Does what I say actually matter? You know, there's a few sayings out there. Six sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me. We know how inaccurate that is. True? <laughs> I'd probably, uh, I don't want to be, you know, struck down by sticks or stones, but let me tell you something. Words definitely hurt. And or you might have, you know, heard in an, in an argument, perhaps, you know, why don't you just shut your trap hole? <laughs> Quite accurate, really, when you think about the impact that words can have, causing you to fall into a trap, causing somebody else to fall into a trap with the words that we speak. Or one of my favorites is mum or dad might have said, hey, there's a reason why you have two of these and one of this right? The purpose of it obviously being listen a bit more than you speak, right? Emphasize the fact that it's important to hear somebody and not just blabber out a whole bunch of words. But I want to talk about, you know, is, is the words that come out of our mouths, is it important? And what does the Bible say about our words? Because that's where we want to get our understanding of the words we speak and the importance of the words we speak. Listen, we have just entered into 2024, still. What is it, the 19th today? Remind me, somebody. 21st, okay, I'm, I'm behind, right? But I would say that's still the first part of the year, would you say? And listen, my prayer for this year is for you to live a life in victory, right? To be filled with faith, hope, and love. I, I, my heart and, and Joe's heart is that you would be living with peace and in His joy, that you would be grateful and content for every season, whatever season that may be, that you would find the peace and the contentment that we can only find in our Saviour. Now listen, believe it or not, our words impact the course of our lives. Whether we live in victory or not, our words have an important part to play. As far as our words are concerned, biblically speaking, I love the Scripture because it presents to us two paths. There are two paths that you can take with the use of your words. Proverbs 18.21 says this, 
death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Those who love it will eat its fruit. Listen, like a T intersection, right? We approach it. We must choose to go left or to go right. The choice is up to us. It's similar in this way with our words. We come to that T intersection. Am I going to choose life or am I going to choose death? What path am I going to take, left or right? The choice is up to us. But let me tell you, and you might have already learned this, the consequences of what you chose is determined by the choice you made. Let me say that again. The choice is up to us. Choose life or choose death. But the consequences of what you chose is determined by the choice you made. Right? We can't escape the consequences. The Proverbs 18.21 says this. Same scripture with the Amplified Bible. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it and indulge in it will eat its fruit and bear the consequences, the consequences of their words. Now, the consequences of their words is, for some of us today, is yay. And for some of us, it might be, oh, done. We bear the consequences of the things that come out of our mouths. Words really matter in our relationships and the things we say in our own situation. What are you saying? It really, really matters. Are you speaking life or are you speaking death? A bit of a question to ponder upon for a moment. What's coming out of that trap hole? <laughs> What's coming out? Let me tell you uh, or let me share a practical example of the use of words, right? Choosing life or choosing death and the consequences that come. I remember before, you know, many years ago now, I used to work in a warehouse. Now, don't throw stones at me because I know the prices are very high. But at one point, Woolworths was a great place to shop at. <laughs> okay. And I used, to be, I used to work at Woolworths and I would come to work and I would look at the roster and the roster would tell me where I would have to be in the warehouse, or what task I would have to do for the day. And depending on what task I was given for the day, it would be a choice to now speak life or to speak death. Now, let me tell you, I'm not proud to admit it, but life didn't always come out of my mouth when I saw that the task I had to do was picking boxes. I was on the pick. You'd look at the roster. You'd see you're on the pick. You're like, ah, oh, darn it. I'm on the pick, which would mean at about 5.15 in the morning, it wouldn't be uncommon for me to be picking up a Corona box and putting it onto my pallet. And not just one, 15. And then VB. And then whatever else came after that. And so I wasn't necessarily in a great mood when I discovered that that was the task for the day. Differently though, when I got the uh, report on the little roster, hey Dave, you get to load a truck today. Woohoo! Suddenly, the words that come out of my mouth were, ah, this is going to be a good day. This is going to be a great day. I love loading. Loading's a fun day. 
My point being is, listen, the, the direction of my, or the, 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 what I chose, life or death, would often dictate the course of my day, the outcome of my day. My wife would know when I came home where Dave was positioned in the warehouse without me saying anything. I just walked through the door. All oh, right, he's been on the pick. We know it, right? But the, here's the thing. Words, consequences. Words, consequences. And here's the thing. Later on in my warehouse career, I learned the importance of my words. What am I saying? And often later on, my words would be words of, of life. I would be grateful to the point that people would come up to me and think, you're a weirdo. Why are you working so hard on this task? You're not going to get paid anymore. You're not going to lose your job. Relax. And I would say, hey, listen, I'm not working for the man. I'm working for the man. I'm working for the King of Kings. And I want to do everything as though I was doing it onto the Lord. I'm not boasting. I'm just trying to help us understand that I learned the importance of words and consequences. What are you saying can often dictate the course of life that you were living in. Now, listen, my story, it only highlights a minor consequence of the use of wrong words, David's bad day. Who cares? Not so much of a big deal, right? But you can imagine, or perhaps you have experienced the consequences of the wrong use of words in a relational setting, right? I don't know if you have. I definitely have. You know, not proud to admit it, but sometimes when my wife and I get into quarrels, I know you would never think that we'd get into quarrels. I mean, you see us happy, loving the Lord, and you'd think never. Dave and Joe would always just be godly. It never happened. I'm sorry to inform you, but that is not the case. Sometimes there are quarrels. But here's the thing. What startles me is in the moment of our, you know, our moment, we're looking for words. <laughs> we know each other really well. And we're looking for ways to be able to annihilate <laughs> the other person. Hey, I've got, I've got the words right now. I know you well. I know what ticks you off. I know what's going to you know, cause you to take the bait. In a relational setting, it can be a lot more severe. The Proverbs 18, 19 says this, A brother offended is harder to win than a strong city. Goodness. There's a consequence. And contentions are like the bars of a castle. I mean, you're not getting through the bars of a castle designed to be able to take any kind of attack, right? Praise God that we are taught. Praise God that we are taught to forgive. To forgive as God has freely forgiven us. Hallelujah that we have that opportunity to leave that offense behind and to move on. But this scripture highlights the consequences of words. I might have muttered a few words and now the brother is offended to the point that it is harder to win him over than a strong city. Quite, quite incredible how the Bible really says what comes out of here matters, right? Death and life are truly in the power of the tongue. Now let me share another powerful passage that highlights the power of the tongue and consequences caused by the words we say, right? 
But then it challenges us on the language we ought to speak and ought not to speak. A beautiful passage that will say it better than I could ever say it. James 3.3 says this, Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look also at ships. Although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder, right? Whatever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. The use of my words boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. It just takes a spark, we know, and boom, there's a catastrophe that happens. Just takes a couple of unthoughtful words, boom, and there's a catastrophe that can happen. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body. The whole body is subject to this tongue that has caused us to go off course and sets on fire the course of nature. And it is set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird of reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no man can tame the tongue. Goodness gracious. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. With it, we bless our God and Father. Hallelujah. We just did that this morning. We bless our Father in heaven. And with it, we curse men who have been made in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Here's the challenge of how I ought to speak and how I ought not to speak. It should not be so. Does a spring for, uh, send forth fresh water and bitter from the same openings? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Thus, no spring yields both salt water and fresh. Isn't that a powerful passage? Talks about the use of our words, right? Talks about the consequences of the use of our words. It annihilates the whole forest, in our case, it takes the whole body down. It's, it's crazy because who was here last year when we were talking about kingdom uniform? Does anybody remember the series we talked about, the armor of God, putting it on? What's crazy is you can be totally equipped as far as your armor is concerned and neglect the importance of the tongue. And so you could say this is a little bit of a link on to addressing this, right? We're equipped, we put our armor on, but we're also mindful of this tongue. Can anybody say amen to that? So summary of what I've said so far, and I hope we're getting this. The scripture presents two paths. We choose what path we take. The choice is up to you, but the consequence of what you chose is determined by the choice you make or you made. So how do I choose life over death? Because I'm sure every one of us, when we know the severity and the consequences that come with words, how is it that I can choose life over death and experience the fruit that comes with choosing life? Who would like to know that? 
I would like to know that. I would like to live there in a place of, Lord, I'm speaking life. Can I just say, it always starts with, it always starts with salvation through Jesus. And when I was reading this, Holy Spirit was just opening my eyes. and I was going, whoa, it starts with salvation through Jesus. That's the, that's the first point of being a life speaker, starts with Jesus. Matthew 15, 18 says this, But those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart, and they defile a man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man. But to eat with unwashed hands does not defile a man. And and Jesus is speaking to a, a, a certain audience at the time. That's what Jesus talks about, comes out. He describes the state of the inner man before they come to Christ. Before they come to Christ. What is in, it just comes out. I'm not a life speaker because I haven't got the life of Jesus Christ in me until I come to Christ. How can words of life come out of sinner's mouth when their hearts are filled with such things? Envy, murder, hatred, right? Living words don't come out of the spiritually dead. They just don't. Dead things come out of the spiritually dead. And we know that the state of you and me before we come to Christ is we are spiritually dead. We are made to be alive in Christ, born again, and suddenly the living Saviour lives in us. The potential for me to speak life suddenly comes alive. But before that, that is not the case. Now listen to this hopeful, hopeful scripture that I, I was like, wow. Ezekiel 36, 26 says this, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you will keep my judgments and do them. Do them. Speaking life from a a life-filled person. Jesus in me. In Galatians 5.25, we know this. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us also talk in the Spirit, right? But it is impossible without salvation through Christ being first. First and foremost, we need to be saved. If you are not saved this morning, can I encourage you, you will have an opportunity later to get this, get this thing right. Come to a place of surrender and say, Lord, I need to be made right with you. I need to come and confess my sins. We confess, we come boldly into the throne room of grace. Hallelujah. He has allowed us to do that, to come and confess our sins and to be made right with Jesus. Words of life come out of a person who has the living Savior dwelling in their hearts through faith. Jesus is the source of life. Ephesians 3.17 says this, that Christ may dwell in where? In your hearts, through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love. That's a person rooted and grounded in love. That's a person who can speak words of life. Rooted and grounded in His love. 
What goes in comes out. Isn't that true? And I'm not talking about food because Jesus addressed that. He said, don't worry. Don't fuss about what you're putting in your body. More focus upon, right, this, this new born again state of receiving Christ, right? Jesus is in me. Jesus and his character come out of me, including his living words, okay? So I really wanted to establish how do I be a person who speaks life and not death? Well, first and foremost, we, it starts with Christ coming and being born again. Now from that place, let me give you some biblical advice on how to speak life and not death. Because believe it or not, the Bible's got some great advice to help you avoid catastrophe, to help you, be, you know, avoid being that person who with a little spark has lit in a whole fire, whether that's in your family. Maybe you've said a few words and boom, before you know it, we're not talking and we're still not talking because that little fire has lit in a whole catastrophe. Listen, there are godly wisdom that you can put into your life. And let me read it from Proverbs 10, 19. It says this, In the multitude of words, sin is not lacking. And every lady said amen to that. And men, come on. I'll tell you something. I met my wife and nobody that I ever met before could speak as much as her. Except for one person, me. So in the multitude of words, Dave, right? Sin is not lacking. Joe, Joe often talks about it as being a flabber gums. She goes, she comes home. Oh, Dave, I was a flabber gums again. I just... And I understand, darling, because I do the same thing. And this verse is for us to benefit from. In the multitude of words, sin is not lacking. But he who restrains his lips is wise. Wow. It felt right to say it, Dave. But you shouldn't have said it. Because you're wise. And listen to this. The tongue of the righteous is choice silver. The tongue of the who? The righteous. Not, again, my point, we come to Christ first. There is no such thing as a righteous tongue until you come to Christ first. The, the tongue of the righteous is choice silver. The heart of the wicked is worth little. Verse 21 highlights the consequences of choosing life or death. The Bible says, the lips of the righteous feed many. Can you believe what that means? I have the opportunity to feed my kids, to feed my wife with the words I say, to build up those who serve God alongside me, to say thank you, to encourage, to uplift. It's choice silver. And you know what? It's coming from a right heart because... God put a new heart in me. It wasn't possible for me to utter these words of life without Jesus Christ. It starts with Him, right? But fools die. Here's another consequence. Fools die for lack of wisdom. That's quite a severe consequence. A bit of a pierce to our soul, perhaps, to remind us of the, the importance of words. Proverbs 13.3 says this, he who guards his mouth 
preserves his life. But he who opens wide his lips <laughs> shall have destruction. Isn't it crazy that the Bible is actually saying to you, hey, you benefit from this. You actually benefit from this. Oh, but it, I don't feel like I can contain or control. Well, hang on a second. You don't escape the consequence. Why don't you begin to reap from the benefit of hearing what God's Word has to say about guarding our mouth preserves his life. Proverbs 21, 23. Whoever guards his mouth and tongue keeps his soul from troubles. Wow. Our words are important. Are important. Now, I'm coming to a close. In a moment, I'll invite the worship team. But I want you to grasp this because our words are not to be used flippantly. And I, first and foremost, will admit to you that the, the ease of allowing words of complaint, words of discouragement, come out of my mouth in moments, right? And we all do. Let this be a reminder. God says, life or death, choose it, choose it. Romans 10, 17 says this. So then faith comes by hearing, right? And hearing by the word of God. Hearing by the word of God. The most powerful living words that you can speak are God's word. Are God's word. You are putting God's word in your mouth. I saw this happen this week. I, I did. I saw this happen. The most powerful words you can put in your mouth is the words of God. I attended a, a funeral and sad, sad scenario, sad story, yet glorious at the same time because uh, this, this, this young guy and his daughter were devoted to the Lord and the family. But listen, I saw this come to life. I, the children were talking about their father, you know, in the ceremony. And, and the only words that they could speak at this point, the only words were the words of God's Word. And they were saying, I miss you, Dad. I miss you, Dad. But, I, but the Bible says, you know, your will is perfect. You know, the only words that you and I will have sometimes right? Because our words will fail us. Your comprehend, your, you, you comprehending things will, will come short. You won't be able to. You will not have all the answers. You just won't. So the most powerful thing you can do is take God's Word and put it in my mouth. And that's what's going to come out. God, I trust in the Lord, my, my God, with all my heart. And I lean not on my own understanding. Lord, I acknowledge you in all my ways and you will direct my path. You will direct it, Lord. You will direct it through the storm. You will direct it in the, in the fog. You will direct it when I can't see clearly. Because I trust you, God. I'm putting your words in my mouth. It is the most powerful thing you can do. No words are more life-giving then God's Word. Then God's Word. Can anybody say amen? Can anybody receive that? I was just going to share two stories from the Bible. 
to illustrate those who chose death. And Joe, I'll invite you to come up in the team if that's okay. Two stories where you see, don't take it from me, take it from Scripture, and I'm hoping I'm presenting Scripture as accurately as possible. But there are two different decisions here, as I said. Turn left or turn right. Choose death or choose life. Consequences will be as they are, depending on what choice you have made. Jesus, beautiful story. Of First of all, well, this is not so beautiful, but you'll see the result of those who chose death. Matthew 13, 53 says this, Now it came to pass when Jesus had finished these parables, that He departed from there. When He had come to His own country, He taught them in their synagogue, so that they were astonished and said, and said, and said, Where did this man get this wisdom and this mighty works? Is this not the carpenter's son? We know this guy. Isn't he the carpenter's son? Is he not? Is his mother not called Mary and his brothers James, Joseph, Simon and Judas and his sisters? Are they not all with us? I mean, this guy's a normal guy. Where's he getting this stuff from? Where then did this man get these things? So they were offended at him. Their words took them down a course of the way they, the outcome being, they were offended. Where is this? We, we know this guy. And this is what happens. But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honour except in his own country and in his own house. Now he did not do many mighty works there because of what? Because of their unbelief. Listen, you and I face unbelief sometimes here, don't we? Would anybody admit that? But what comes out of here is God's Word. God, I believe because you said so. Not because somehow I'm, I'm on a spiritual level that nobody else is. I'm going to take your words. I'm going to put them in my mouth. And that will be the course of my life. Unbelief. Now let's hear those who chose life, shall we? Because that's what I want to finish with. Matthew 9, 27. When Jesus departed from there, two blind men followed Him, crying out and saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. Words coming to who, who another, no other but Jesus Christ. Son of David, have mercy on us. It starts with Jesus. It always does. And when He had come into the house, the blind men came to Him. And Jesus said to him, Do you believe that I am able to do this. Do you believe it? And they said to him, Yes, Lord. I want to choose life. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes saying, According to your faith, let it be to you. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. I believe according to your faith. Let it be as your faith has said. Can we stand to our feet for a moment? Listen, I know that we are all guilty. Every one of us have been probably guilty at some point of just allowing the words to flow out of our mouth without thought. 
And we are all guilty of it. We all, we've all done it. But can I just encourage you right now to thank God that we, we come to our Saviour. We can present the situation and say, Lord, I messed it up. I didn't have self-control. I didn't have the acknowledgement of the life-giving Saviour in me at the time. And I just blurted out whatever. And now the consequences, as Dave said, are pretty, pretty bad. Can I just pray for anyone who might be in a situation like that? Dear Lord, I thank You, Lord God, that You're, you're the Redeemer. You're the Saviour. And thank You, Lord God, that we learn a lesson today that in everything we come to You, Jesus Christ. And we come to You with any hurt and hang-up, Lord, that has been caused by the course of action that was not necessarily wise. It was as if the words flowed out without thought. And now, Lord, people are living in Perhaps people are living in regret, Holy Spirit. They're living in, um, I wish I could turn this back around. And Lord, I just pray that you would speak life into the person or the people, Lord. That, Lord, it is not hopeless because Jesus Christ can heal and can restore and bring back. He, can, he, is the reconcil- he reconciles relationship. He's the one that we come to you recognizing our shortcomings and our need of you, Jesus Christ. And I pray for anyone, Lord God, who's in that scenario. Lord, I pray that you would speak hope, Holy Spirit, into their hearts. That as they come to you, you can make a way where there seems to be no way. Jesus, we we believe that.